Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm awfully excited. We continue our sunburned series this summer. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I, two guys with limited appeal, talking to our guest today who has massive appeal. We're uh, so welcome. Uh, we're so glad to welcome back Jay John to the program. Peter, I'm excited once again to have him back on. Yeah, I am too, Bill. He really is the counterweight to us. I mean, we, we really have no appeal at all, so we're glad to bring him into the program. <laughs> And today we're going to talk about dads, and I love it because uh, with Father's Day on Sunday, it's the time to talk about it, and I'm excited to hear what J. John has to say. Welcome back, John. Oh, Bill, thank you so much, and greetings to you, Bill, and Peter, and everyone who's tuned in. Uh, It's a joy to be back on your program, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you. We're excited to talk about uh, dads and Father's Day and how important they are, and I know you've got a great message to share with us today, so... I would say let's get started. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, first of all, can I share my favorite Mark Twain quotation? Of course. Mark Twain wrote, when I was 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly bear him. But by the time I was 21, I was amazed to see how much he had learned in seven years. (laughs) that's the perfect quote good quote yeah i i think i think it seldom occurs to us growing up that someday we will know as little as our parents and um, (laughs) a man never knows how to be a son until he becomes a father but by the time a man realizes that maybe his father was right he usually has a son who thinks he's wrong. <laughs> and I, I, If I'm honest, Bill, I would say by the time we get the hang of parenting, our children have left home. <laughs> You're probably and exactly then, right. Isn't it so true? Oh, well, being a good father is like shaving. No matter how good you shave today, you have to do it again tomorrow. And uh, human fatherhood uh, should be molded and modeled on the pattern of the fatherhood of God. And um, I think God has set us a pattern for fatherhood in four areas. And the first one is commitment. We were created by God to be his children and to have a relationship with him. But we rebelled against him. And that is the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis. But what emerges immediately is that God intervenes. They are not abandoned. God promised to look after us. And God's example of commitment to his children should be our example as God has showed commitment 
what is called covenant love in the Bible to us. So we need to show commitment to our children. And one of the social problems of our age is the absentee father syndrome. The absence of fathers is the biggest contributor to antisocial behaviour. And we need to remind ourselves that fathering is a long term contract and there's no get out clause. We need to be committed fathers. We need to know this and our children need to know this. And God is the father who is always at home. That is that's a thought worth pondering and if you do find yourself if any of our listeners find themselves in a situation in which of necessity you are a single parent then God's grace can abound even more in your life so that's Bill that's my first uh, reflection it's a powerful one and one that like you say it's time that we can pause and think about this and I and Peter, I'm sure you're agreeing that this has got to be right up there, number one, when it comes to parenting is commitment. Yeah, that, that commitment is such a big deal. And, and I think you kind of grow into it, uh, Jay John. I would love for you to comment on that a little bit, because I, I think there's sort of the, the idea of becoming a father. And then when it's met with the actuality of what that requires day in and day out, uh, hour by hour, day by day, moment by moment, um, do you have any suggestions for even like young fathers, but fathers in general that maybe find themselves sort of committed to two or three different things where they maybe have a vocation or they're involved in something else and, and feel like they have to split their time? How do, how do they make sure their kids yes. know that that commitment is there for them? Well, I think, you know, sometimes, Peter, people might say, oh, is it quality time or is it quantity time? Um, well, the answer to that is it's quality quantity time and I I think that is really important Um, and I I like the story of one father who gave his son uh, one year for Christmas um, an envelope and he opened the envelope and inside the envelope there was um, a gift and the gift was it was a gift card but the gift card says I would like to give you as a gift one hour of my time for the next 365 days and wow. the father said to his son you can do whatever you want in that hour I'll be with you whatever and then every Christmas the father gave him the same gift card and I remember when I first heard that story I thought oh I wish I'd heard that story before I had children and I think the important thing is you know Uh, If we don't live by priorities, we're going to live by pressures. And if God has entrusted to us children, that is a priority. Yeah, because I think in light of what you said, I think there's a sense in which you you, you believe, hey, my kids are sort of always going to be there. I'm going to have to deal with this immediate pressure that's in front of me. And, And that can be a trap you can fall in for months and even years at a time. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, Peter, absolutely, absolutely. And I think the thing is, we don't, you know, we're learning on the job, aren't we? Um, but I think the thing is that if we realise that we, you know, we're making mistakes, well, then let's learn from those mistakes and let's do what we can. Um, I like that verse in Romans where it says, as much as it lies within you, keep the peace. So I think sometimes, you know, it, the ball stops with us and we've got to be intentional in our response and responsibility. I love that line, uh, Jay John, if you don't make it a priority, you cave into pressure. Uh, that's already st- stuck in my head and it will be for a long, long time. Yeah, well, and I and I think as well, Bill, you know, I think so many of us have got so many irons in the fire. Uh, we've actually put the fire out. Um, and what we may need to do is reevaluate all the different irons in the fire, take some of the irons out and stoke up the fire. I think that is important too. You know, it's interesting, especially through COVID, m- might be the perfect time to reevaluate what irons go back in the fire as we start to uh, resume more of a normal life, because we've certainly been taken off course for the last 14, 15 months with new habits and patterns. And maybe this is the perfect time, dads, to say we have to reevaluate what irons go in the fire. Yeah, absolutely. And reevaluate what's important. I I think for so many parents and so many fathers, um, there is an exhaustion. Um, But if your output exceeds your input, then your upkeep will be your downfall. And and I, I think sometimes we do need to step back. Um, it's interesting that, you know, in archery, uh, we pull the arrow back. Now, why do we pull the arrow back? We pull it back so it can go further. Um, and I think we need to be pulled back if we're going to go further. Yeah, Jay, I think there's a sense, too, for young parents, they are constantly pulling back that that bowstring thinking that they're building their career, they're building their vocation, and maybe even unwittingly saying, I'm doing this for my family because I can give them a better future. But you end up in, in what you said with way too much output and, and you can't keep it all up. And, and you do end up uh, letting some weeks and years go by, but it, it's a, sometimes it's coming out of a good heart of saying, Hey, I just want to have a better future for my kids, but, but maybe your kids are wanting something different from you than the better future you're trying to create for them. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. And um, I, I think in hindsight, you know, I'm, I'm now a grandfather, so I've got three grandchildren. And it's interesting that I have far more patience with my grandchildren than I ever had with my children. And um, uh, I think sometimes uh, God gives us grandchildren as a reward for not killing our own children. <laughs> but, it, but it's very interesting that grandchildren make adults of the parents and children of the grandparents. Um, and in many ways, you know, I, I feel like, um, wow, I, I get a second opportunity with my grandkids. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay John, Peter, this is a wonderful start as we talk about uh, Father's Day and men, and we're going to continue our discussion. We've got four different uh, segments we're going to talk about. We just finished talking about commitment, and when we come back, we're going to talk about compassion 
That's the next uh, segment we're going to deal with. Uh, J. John is our guest. He is all the way from the U.K. If you go to canonjjohn.com, you can learn all about him, his writing, his preaching, his teaching, his uh, amazing uh, work that God has carved out for him to do. It's uh, quite remarkable. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with the Sunburn series. See, I always have to wait for the horn to come in before I come back to the show. We are uh, enjoying Jay John as our guest today. Dr. Peter Kapster and I have enjoyed our uh, time with him, and we're learning about dads today. And we just talked about commitment, and now we're going to learn about compassion being a very important uh, part of uh, dads And as we look to celebrate Father's Day on Sunday. Jay John, I'd love to get to compassion. Absolutely. Yes, um, Bill. Compassion. Let me read some scriptures um, from one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 103, verse 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him, for he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. God understands the weaknesses of his children. And I I find that hugely encouraging. Jesus became one of us. And in Hebrews 4, verse 15, we read, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do yet he did not sin. God's love means that he wants what is best for us. Um, And I think we need to grasp that truth, Bill, because we often say God loves us. Well, what does that mean? It really means he wants what's best for us. God's love does not involve him simply accepting us as we are. He wants to heal us, and he wants to change us. He wants to bring many sons and daughters to glory. That's a lovely little verse that I really like from Hebrews 2 verse 10. We need to be those who seek to love our children with a similar compassion, and it's a compassion that is understanding, that longs for the best for them, 
it is that compassion that allows them to have roots and to have wings. And I don't know about you, Bill, uh, Peter, but I like the idea of my kids having roots, but I find it in hugely uh, kind of challenging to allow them to have wings. That's been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, and it's, 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 I have a 21-year-old right now, and I also have a 19-year-old. And I think I too often, as a dad, still see him through the lens of when they were five and seven and, and don't take them seriously in terms of having wisdom and insight and a perspective and, and really allowing them to, to take those wings. And I, and I think when you talk about compassion in light of that, it really, at least for me, one of the invitations I know I've had over the years is to see the world through their own eyes and, and to have compassion for how hard it is, but also have compassion for their own sense uh, of adventure and their own sense uh, of desire and what they see and, and not just try to mold them into what I think they should be, but allow them to be molded into the journey with God. And that. So, so much of compassion is just seeing the, the world through their lens instead of forcing them into my lens. Oh, yes, totally uh, agree with that. And, and both commitment and compassion, they involve listening and taking time to listen to our children and also to listen to them when they want to talk. Because sometimes they want to talk and it's not always convenient for us, but we need to make that a priority. If our kids want to talk, then that is a priority. And I, I, I mean, I, I've in hindsight look back and think, oh, goodness, I could have done that differently and this differently. But there are some things I'm quite proud of. Um, so, for example, um, when I used to work, you know, from home um, and my kids came back from school, if I was at home, I would stop working when they got back from school and spend time with them. And then when they went to bed, I'd then go back to work. So I think I made little choices like that which i think made a difference to them so jay john when they got home from school at 3 30 did you put them to bed at 4 30 <laughs> well I, I i would have liked to <laughs> but 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 sometimes you know uh, as a minister you know there's always stuff to do but i i made it a policy that when they got in from school i was stopped um and then until supper time and and just gave them a bit of time and did what I could do um and and I think also you know one of the best things a father can do for his children is to love their mother and to actually demonstrate that and support the wife and support in the kitchen and support the the cooking and support the cleaning where possible I mean it's all about setting an example and then you were yeah, I know my kids. Oh, go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no, I, I think what you just said is really profound there. They, they can sense it in the household when, when mom and dad are at odds with one another. And, and on the flip side, I don't know that I've ever seen my kids more at ease and smile more brightly and deeply than when my, my, wife, my wife, Hallie, and I are simply just having a good time together. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that two of the most unlikely people in the Bible lost Jesus, his mother and his stepfather. And it's very interesting, isn't it? They, they lost him because they thought he was with them, but 
he actually wasn't with them. Um, but then uh, they find him, as you know, and then it says he went back home with them and he grew in favour with God and in favour with people. And I think what that is saying is he grew spiritually, he grew socially, he grew emotionally and he grew psychologically. And that's what we want to encourage in our children, kind of like holistic growth. J. John, you said earlier about God's compassion and he loves us and always is loving us through everything he does. So I, I think dads dads often say no a lot and kids oftentimes remember the no's more than they remember the yeses because dads give their kids a lot of yeses. <laughs> but kids seem Absolutely. to have a tendency of remembering the no's more than the yeses. But do you know what I think they remember even more? They remember when we promised to do something and we didn't. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yes, I will take you to the park in the afternoon. But then we don't. Oh, yes, I will take you to this. But then we don't. Uh, And listen, if fathers, if we make a promise, then we have to stick to the promise. Because if we break our promises... That's not a very good example that we're setting for our children. Yeah, kids are incredible that way. I mean, they can be in left field and dad can be in the stands talking to another dad. And if the kid glances over and sees the kid, the dad talking to another dad, the kid's like, dad, you weren't even watching. Yes, <laughs> I know. And they they remember those and yeah. they can remember those for years. It's really interesting. Yeah. All right. We should... yeah, I think... Oh, go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no, I'm, it, it is funny you say that. I'm just going to chime in quickly because, boy, my kids, they, I think they've said that exact quote to me, Bill, <laughs> at times if I've been caught in a conversation. And that phrase, you're not even watching, to your point, <laughs> to, to undo that. <laughs> you, you just, you, it is amazing how often it happens. Yeah. So we're, um, we're loving this discussion, and we're going to go to a break here. Uh, so we've covered commitment and compassion. We've got two more to cover with our guest, Jay John. And if you have not learned more about him, I highly recommend you go to canonjjohn.com, canonjjohn.com. And because we want to be honoring fathers and friends this whole month here at Faith Radio, uh, think of the godly men that you have in your life that have really helped you grow and celebrated your wins with you and have gone through your life's difficult seasons. Maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your uncle or a stepfather, a coach, or just a really caring friend, and their wisdom and the time they spent with you has meant so much to you, you can head over to MyFaithRadio.com and you can nominate that man in your life this month with the Faith Radio Honoring Fathers and Friends giveaway. So we're giving away two uh, sets each week this month. We've got uh, gift cards, books, and all kinds of fun swag to give out. So all you have to do is nominate this wonderful man in your life at myfaithradio.com. You're listening to the Sunburnt series with Dr. Peter Kapscher and I. Our guest is Canon J. John. You can go to canonjjohn.com. Be right back.
It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Welcome back. The afternoon show continues with uh, Ken and Jay John all the way in the UK. And uh, Dr. Peter Kaffner has gone rogue and he's at his home studio and I'm here at the studio in Roseville, Minnesota. So all three of us are not looking at each other, but uh, we are still enjoying a conversation about uh, dads and Father's Day as we're getting ready to celebrate it on Sunday. And we've broken this into four segments. The first one was commitment. The second one was compassion. Now we're going to talk about care. So where do we start with this? Well, Bill, um, there's that saying, our children don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. And and how true is that? And that little saying is true for anything, really. You know, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. And I like that scripture from Nahum, chapter one, verse seven. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. And God is the one who has given us a pattern in fathering. And that pattern, it seems to me, is to provide, it's to protect and it's to discipline, to provide. We are to provide a social, psychological, spiritual framework in which our children can grow. We are to provide both comfort and challenge. And we also need to educate. We should encourage our children to read, to think, to discuss. They should be challenged over what they see on the computer. And they should be made to evaluate. They need to realize that the world has roses, but it also has thorns. And a key part of being a parent is, and we've already mentioned this before, is spending time with our children. An awful lot of life is caught and not taught. And that's a very important truth that we need to grasp. We need to protect. And um, there's so many scriptures that encourage us to do that. And I like the one from Psalm 91, verse four. He will cover you with his wings. You will be safe in his care. His faithfulness will protect and defend you. And the world is a battleground, not a playground. And we need to protect our children from others, from the world, from evil and from themselves. Now, we also need to discipline. And discipline is pointing out to a child that there is a right path and there is a wrong path and encouraging them to choose the right one. And discipline is about giving children foundations on which they can build. And sadly, just my observations, uh, I I think a lot of parents, fathers, um, shy away from uh, 
giving the right discipline infrastructure to their children. And I think that is detrimental to their well-being and their growth. So just some reflections there, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so appreciate that idea about discipline too, J. John. I think there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. One, some of my favorite passages in the book of Hebrews is the idea that if you are experiencing discipline uh, by God, it, it is actually because he cares about you, not because he's trying to prove a point or, ha- or, or exert power over you, but it's because he cares about your well-being and the well-being of your, of your soul. And I think from a father's standpoint, uh, kids sort of know it, don't they, when, when, when maybe their dads are disciplining them because they're embarrassed or it's a sense of power or they can't be bothered versus the idea, no, I actually care about your well-being. And because I do, I'm going to discipline you in this way. Yes, absolutely. I know. And this is, you know, this is where we exercise discipline uh, with love and uh, self-control and not in any kind of anger or animosity. Um, And also, of course, we need to practice discipline ourselves in our own lives because they notice and they see it when we're inconsistent. I, I know I've mentioned this before, maybe not on with you, J. John, but the whole saying that says what you're doing speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Oh, yes, that is so true. So, yeah, my, that is that's one of those powerful statements, Bill, where you have to chew it, don't you? <laughs> a bit like a yeah. bit like a cow that that kind of you know swallows, digests, right. and and kind of burps it up. <laughs> that one is a really profound statement. <laughs> yeah, John, I wonder if you could speak to you a bit too for maybe fathers out there that would like to develop an authentic sense of care for their kids, maybe more than they do. And and I just again, I, I look back over times of my parenting, especially like early when I was willing to embrace the responsibility of having kids, but that didn't necessarily mean that then I cared enough about their well-being. And, and Hallie and I had conversations, pretty open ones early on, in, in saying that, um, you know, I could be there for my kids' math classes, for their sporting events, for their musical events. I could read stories to them at bedtime, at bedtime faithfully, teach them the scriptures, all of those things. But at the end of the day, they would know if that was coming from a sense of responsibility versus a sense of I actually care about them. And any any suggestions or advice? Because I remember having to sort of move into my own selfishness to move past responsibility into actual care for them ahead of myself. So any any suggestions for dads yeah. that want to move into that well, place of authentic care? Oh, Peter, you know how when we have these conversations, uh, you, you kind of remember things, don't you? Well, just as you were speaking, I, I remembered something that I hadn't thought of in years. But I remember with my kids and, and I was doing bedtime stories and then I was kind of hoping they'd fall asleep. And then they look like they've fallen asleep. And then what happens is you move from page five to page 15. And they know. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, no, but the funny thing is you get to page 15. So you skip 10 pages and then they wake up and they go, that's not the story. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, the thing is, they, there needs to be also in the mix of all of this, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. And I, I one of the things I look back in our home as our kids were growing up, there was loads of fun. There was lots of laughter. There was lots of kind of 
happiness and you know my parents would never let me walk into a puddle whereas with my kids i said let's go and jump in puddles <laughs> you know let's go and get let's go and get dirty <laughs> let's go and get wet so in fact i probably overreacted that my parents were a bit too disciplined with me and with my kids i was like come on let's go and and I think that's really, really important because if they think that we're very stern, that we come across like we're a principal of a strict school, I don't think that's going to be a happy environment. And kids get to be the ones that remember the memories that they cherish. I mean, the dad can say, well, how about when I took you to the the World Series? And the kid goes, yeah, but I remember that time we rescued a family of frogs in the window well. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, I know. And they get to decide what, what, what the great memories are. Yeah, they do. They do. Do you know, we often uh, reminisce sometimes of, of, of stories like that. And it's really interesting what what they come up with now. And it, 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 it you hit the nail on the head just there, uh, Bill. Yeah, it's not the major things. It's the minor things. Yeah, so true. So it's really when you... No, I think maybe, maybe that means we need to major on the minors. <laughs> well, you talked about quality, quantity time. Just you put those two words together, and I think that I've never really heard that put that way, but that is so true. And we don't know what that quality time is, but they do because they'll, they'll, they'll experience it, and then that'll be their, their memory that they talk about as the yeah. fond, fond memory with Dad. Definitely. And, and again, I just want to, Bill, I really want to reiterate that it is quantity, quality yes. time. Yes. It's, it's both. So I think if we dads just all do a little bit more in that area, um, it's really, really important. And now that I'm a grandfather, you know, it's really interesting. You know, I've got a ministry, I've got all sorts of things. But when my children ask me to look after the grandchildren, ask my wife and I to look after the grandchildren, I'm like, this is important. And I do my best to rearrange my schedule to make it possible. So, Jay John, if you would, because a lot of our audience is not unlike you who have got grandkids and there's some... Uh, Dad's sitting there today going, uh-oh, I don't know if I did parenting well. Uh, I feel like I've made mistakes. I was too busy. I, I ignored a section of my kids' lives that I feel bad about. And they're sitting there listening to this uh, today feeling not so good about themselves. Oh, and I'm so glad you, you've said this uh, because I was just thinking exactly the same. And this is where the good news of the gospel, the good news of our faith uh, comes in and there is grace and and the Lord is a father. As the psalmist says, he's tender, he's sympathetic. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great mm-hmm. is his love for us. And as far as the west is from the east, so far does he remove our sins and transgressions from us. And this is where we as fathers uh, need to come humbly to our heavenly father and say, Lord, yeah, I, I've, I've not done too good, but you are. And this is where the important thing is. Our heavenly father, you know, when we pray the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven. So what what are we saying? Well, heaven, a place of perfection. So we're talking about a perfect father. 
and we are imperfect and uh, we can go to a perfect father to receive grace and forgiveness and love ourselves and then to say well lord give me the grace and the wisdom and the strength to know how can i be the best father or the best grandfather in the remaining days of my life and I love that scripture where it says God can make up for the years that the locusts have eaten. So if you feel you've lost time with your kids, God can make that up. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a little break. Canon J. John is our guest. You can go to canonjjohn.com. We're talking about dads, talking about men, and we dealt with commitment, compassion, care, And coming up next after the break is cost. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but Peter, I think you should go look for your checkbook. And we'll take a short break. (laughs) We'll take a short break and be right back. We've got Ken and J. John as our guest in our Sunburnt series. I think, yeah, Peter, we did the Salvation series, then we did the Prayer series, and because we're sort of doing a whole bunch of different topics throughout the summer, we're just calling this the Sunburnt series, which I kind of like. Yeah, I do too. This has been really fun to explore a number of different kinds of topics that I know our listeners would identify with. They, they send us a whole list of things we talk about, and, yeah. and boy, coming into Father's Day, this has been a blast. Yeah, nothing more important than dads, and we're so glad that... Uh, uh, Jay John has been able to spend some time with us today. I know it's considerably later where he is, so you've already had your dinner. You're probably thinking about uh, turning in pretty soon, huh? Uh, it's soon, okay. but, we're, but we're good. <laughs> but, but, but I love talking to you both. You're, it's very good. It's, there's always sacred synergy, and and uh, I also write some notes when you're both speaking. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I notice he's a lot busier with the pen when you're speaking, Bill, than with me. I'm not sure what that says. Yeah, right, right. Well, anyway, we're getting down to, we talked about commitment, compassion, care, and now we're at cost. And I know that there's a price that we all pay when we make an act of sacrificial love. So I would love for you to talk about cost and what all that means. I I will, Bill. I I just remembered my youngest son, he's 27, and uh, we have a running annual Father's Day joke. And he comes to visit us on Father's Day. And he says, Dad, my presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, is my present. I love it. (laughs) And uh, it's a running annual joke. And he he says that. And then um, a couple of hours later, he gives me a gift, um, which is great. So what do I mean by cost? Well, uh, there is a cost in parenting. And it's easy to see that in financial terms. But Jesus came into the mess of human existence. He got his hands dirty 
And it is there on the cross, it is there where God in Jesus takes on himself our sin. God rescues and rears his children, but at a cost. Now, interestingly, the word compassion includes within it the word passion. And that word comes from the Latin passio, which means I suffer. And we talk about the passion of Christ. The parable of the prodigal is a lesson in parenting. And we must be prepared to let our children go. But equally, we must be prepared to welcome them back, whatever it costs us. And if your children, if anyone listening now, you have a child who is a prodigal, uh, can I encourage you to keep your house open always and always to send a message to them to say there is always a seat at our table. And uh, it's interesting that in the story of the prodigal son, um, the father didn't actually pursue the son and go uh, to the pig pen, but he was looking out for him and he was waiting for him. And it's very interesting that in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God walked in the garden um, and in the Gospels, the son of God walked. And throughout the whole Bible, God only ever walks. That's God's pace. Um, he only ever ran once in the whole of the Bible. And he ran towards a prodigal. So that's a thought there, that the pace of God is walking unless it involves a prodigal child. So some reflections there, Bill. Another profound uh, reminder of that passage in Scripture where the father did run towards the prodigal. And I just think that's such a powerful image. It always has been, but now even more so. And I know, Peter, you got a thought on that as well. Yeah, I do. I just I, I think that um, there's probably a lot of parents and grandparents that can identify with exactly what you're saying right now in terms of just those really difficult seasons where you don't know want to do, you, you absolutely want to say something right in the moment or do something right in the moment that might cause your prodigal to just turn around immediately. But, but that idea of, of the cost of long suffering, of the cost of patience, of, of the cost of just keeping your eyes on the horizon and waiting for that, that time, that, that is really, I don't know, emblematic and maybe evidence uh, of the strength a father can give in the midst of the cost of it all. Uh, absolutely, uh, Peter. And this is where we, uh, as fathers, we need to take prayer seriously and pray for our children, soak them in prayer. And, and if any of your children are prodigals, um, just keep praying daily, morning and night, that the Lord will open their eyes, that the Lord will open the eyes of their hearts and uh, the, the Lord will protect them. And yeah, prayer. We need to soak our children in prayer. And um, I, I've met many parents whose children are prodigals. And I, I've said to them, I said, listen, pray over their pillows. I mean, if they're still living at home when they're not in their bedrooms, just pray over their pillows, just soak their pillows, you know, symbolically in the presence of, of God 
and um, I've heard so many encouraging stories of p of parents praying in in children's rooms and and the children kind of rediscovering the wonder of God's grace and love. I have heard also stories because I've spoken to people that have shared with me their shame and embarrassment about their prodigal. What have they done wrong? And their own sense of being in their church community, feeling like they're almost wanting to avoid the conversation altogether. Yeah, yeah I yes, and it, it is very painful. But look, the Lord knows, and I think that's that's the most important thing. If some other people judge us, you know, the Lord knows, and I think this is where we need to trust the Lord. Have other fathers that you're with on this journey, especially in the midst of those prodigal seasons, Jay John, to just uh, to have someone else to lean into in these situations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know, and I and I think sometimes you know, in those situations, we can be very vulnerable, and this is where you know the community, the body of Christ, is so so important, and and the praying with others and the sharing with others and. Um, yeah, uh, that's why it's so lovely, Jesus's word, come, come unto me, all those of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think it, we need to drink in the truth of that scripture and, uh, and give things to Jesus, give our children to Jesus. And then, of course, when we do give them to Jesus at the foot of the cross, don't pick them back up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jay John, with Father's Day Sunday, I know there's m- many people who this will not be a happy uh, day for them because maybe their father has passed on and they, they didn't reconcile well towards the end. They didn't have a good relationship and there's a wound or an injury there. I know God wants to bind up the brokenhearted. Oh, he does, Bill. He so wants to bind up the brokenhearted and he wants to free us from carrying this kind of baggage, uh, possibly um, even resentment, even unforgiveness. And look, as I quoted that scripture earlier on, as much as it lies within you, uh, keep the peace. So look, even if if parents of uh, died, uh, but don't hold any animosity or resentment because the thing is that's going to eat you up, and that won't do you any good. And the other thing is, is that if we don't forgive, uh, we break the bridge on which we must cross ourselves. So I, this is where on Father's Day, irrespective of whether our fathers were good or not good, or we've they've passed away we can look at our perfect heavenly father who wants to save us and heal us and deliver us and we need to receive that every one of us this coming sunday mm-hmm. jay john do you have a, a memorable story of your own father you could share well interestingly that my my father my parents um, I was not raised in a Christian home, so I was an agnostic um, when I was a student. And then when I became a Christian, um, my parents were not happy at all about it. And um, I was going to be 
a doctor and then um, I switched and I did theology um, and then I went to work in Northern Ireland in the middle of the troubles you know so my parents just thought I'd just totally totally lost the plot <laughs> um, and um, and I probably didn't react well in that situation in many times and uh, but when my father was ill and, and he was dying, um, I visited him uh, regularly and, and I was able to um, pray with him. And that memory of praying with my father, um, you know, will always remain with me. Beautiful. Beautiful. I've so enjoyed this time t- together. Jay John, regardless of how busy you ever get, do not ever stop talking to Peter and I. Well, listen, Bill, it's a a joy to be with you and with you, Peter. And uh, I do love our topical uh, discussions. And I I look forward to joining you again in the not distant future. Yeah, thank you so much. And happy Father's Day to you this coming Sunday. And uh, Peter, the same to you. Thanks so much. All right. That wraps up our show. We're so glad to have had uh, J. John on. If you go to canonjjohn.com, you can learn more about him and his writing and speaking. And he is an amazing storyteller as well, as you can well know from listening to our time with him. That wraps up our show. Have a great uh, day, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.